Hey, everybody. Welcome to Just for Variety. Today is September 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Ben Wishaw, the English actor is best known for playing Q in the James Bond franchise, co-starring opposite Emily Blunt in the Mary Poppins remake, and his Emmy-winning work in the limited series A Very English Scandal. He's also the voice of Paddington in the two adorable Paddington movies. Wishaw can now be seen in Surge, a psychological thriller in which he plays Joseph, an airport security screener who becomes unhinged and goes on a sometimes bloody crime spree throughout London. Wishaw also plays Q for the fifth time in the latest James Bond film, No Time to Die. He insists he doesn't know if he'll be back now that Daniel Craig is hanging up his 007 hat. Besides, Wishaw tells me, he thinks it's time for a radical overhaul of the James Bond franchise. But before we get to my chat with Wishaw, let's take a look inside this week's Variety. It's finally here. The Academy Museum of Motion Pictures will open its doors to the public on September 30th. I attended a press preview of the museum just a few days before a star-studded crowd turned out for its opening gala on Saturday night. The gala included Lady Gaga performing a surprise jazz concert before an audience that included Nicole Kidman, Spike Lee, Regina Hall, Angela Bassett, Tom Hanks, Sophia Loren, Ava DuVernay, Laura Dern, Sarah Paulson, Meg Ryan, and more. Check out Variety's red carpet photo gallery from the gala online and in the magazine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Just for Variety. In Surge, directed by Anil Karia, Ben Wisher stars as Joseph, an airport security screener who has some sort of mental break and goes on a crime spree throughout London. There's very little dialogue in the film, except for a few scenes with Joseph and his parents, as well as his co-workers. Here, Winchester talks about why the lack of dialogue was freeing and how he helped create Joseph's backstory. I caught up with Winchester from London. Let's talk about this new movie of yours. Yes. <laughs> it was, let me say, what's the word? I think I was describing to someone. It stressed me the fuck out. <laughs> in, in a great way because Joseph what an amazing character to tackle how do you even begin you know what my my first question for you on my list was do you create a backstory for Joseph to get into whatever that mindset is yeah well yeah we did we did, uh, me and the director, Anil Karia. Um, but they mainly, it was mainly consisted of just me asking um, Anil questions. Because mm -hmm. Anil really had this guy very clearly in his mind. Mm. So I just asked, I remember just sitting down with him for an afternoon and asking him loads and loads of questions, really quite mundane ones often, you know, about like where he went to school and uh, 
whether he'd had a girlfriend and stuff like that. And we just, we, we, he just gave me, he just gave me, um, yeah, this picture mm. of this person. But I, but we, me and Anil had made this short film um, called Beat. Mm. I don't know, like seven years maybe before we made Surge. And the experience of making that, the character in that is not a million miles away from Joseph in Surge. So we we already had the bit of a language um, around this character um, and what it was that we were interested in exploring through him. So although, yeah, so that we did create a backstory, but somehow also it was quite instinctive or something, quite intuitive like and based on something that we've both felt but I can't quite explain I, it's, I think it's something to do with um, knowing um, sometimes in yourself how close you feel <laughs> to 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 an edge of of not being able to function mm. um, anymore <laughs> as you as the world requires you to function and just be you know and um i mean i think that's something that everybody feels but mm. it's not something that we generally talk about there's not really a lot of room to discuss it and maybe it's a frightening thing to discuss but um this is very much a character who lets the either lets the mask completely drop or has no choice but to, you know, it's kind of bulldozed down by some something from within. Mm -hmm. What, I mean, is it, and I don't know even if there's an answer here, but is it mental illness? Is it just a break? Is it, um, what, what's the, yeah, the, I think it would be easy for people to say, oh, he's just crazy, but sort of to your point, what you were just talking about, you know, this, um, it seemed like a break. There seemed like something obviously led up to that. Like when you said you were asking the mundane questions, like, did he have a girlfriend? Did he, what school did he go to? All those, I think those little mundane questions are leading up to yeah. this, these moments. Yes, totally. I think, um, yeah, it, it, what, what's interesting is that, yeah, you learn something about a person through those questions and through those mundane things, um, but they don't give you the full story because it's like, it's about someone's inner world, I suppose. Mm. And that's always private and hidden. And um, I think it was, I suppose whatever it is he's going through, it's someone who's sort of giving themselves completely over to, <laughs> to having this kind of experience. He's not trying to put the brakes on. No. He's just letting himself free fall in a way. And, and we were quite careful not to get um, too um, hit up in discussing um, what, you know, discussing the character in terms of um, if you were to diagnose him with a, a mental illness. We didn't ever do that. 
because I think that it's in a sense too easy to do that as a way to sort of distance yourself um and anyway it doesn't matter because it doesn't help you um it doesn't help me as the actor um understand him mm. um yeah I, i'm yeah i i think i i didn't know ever from one moment to the next whether he was willing something to happen or whether he was um in the grip of something that was uh taking him over and i always quite liked that there was both of those things happening at the same time if that makes any sense when when you look at a script for a movie like this what is the script you don't just doesn't say much there's obviously the scenes with his parents some of the co-workers but so much of the movie um it's almost like i don't want to say reality tv that's not the right phrase but it's it's yeah. a that's just following him and it's just it's obviously his facial expression joseph's facial expressions his tics his his mannerisms are saying so much more than you didn't need dialogue so what happened yeah. what do you see on page what do you what kind of what does it say on the script <laughs> <laughs> well that's really interesting you ask that because um it was a, it was a really beautiful script to read it was really uh beautifully written um by um Rita Kellen Kellenhers I'm not sure how you say her name and um Rupert um yeah it it was a beautiful thing to read and because it was they filled in a lot of the um Rupert Jones sorry that was the other writer Rupert Jones and Rita Kellenhers um they filled in a lot of the space you know um mm. with 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 small details um that we sometimes didn't uh adhere to precisely but they gave you a feeling of of what it should be um and yeah it 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 was funny because i was sort of involved i mean i didn't write it by any means but um anil would send me um draft of the script and whenever um whenever it became too explicit or too explanatory or mm. um to traditionally a thriller in any way or or uh, it, it, i don't know something we both agreed that like something it lost something um so i i i really loved that what we arrived that was quite spare and quite um simple i mean it's extremely simple in a way but was not quite mysterious at the same time and it was something in that kind of uh somewhere in there that we could we felt like the film was um and i think a lot of it came out i think to be honest it's quite a personal film for anil i'm not saying that he's <laughs> done anything like what this character does but i think it came out of very personal experiences for him so um somehow i trusted anil always to that uh, he would lead me in the right direction what is there when when you have um a character like that where again there's not much dialogue is there a freedom in that or is it also 
really scary because we have to we have to as the audience we have to either find or or try to guess um what the motivation is what what what's driving him where so much you know in a tra so-called traditional film yeah. you hear that in the dialogue but here you know one of one of my favorite moments um when uh joseph sleeps with his co-worker and he's walking down the street afterwards and he's just he feels like a stud and <laughs> i felt in that scene i got a moment of saturday night fever is <laughs> walking with the pain can you that's know so funny. iconic shot that's the moment that i got but not say anything it was all is there a freedom in that or is it scary that you have to really sort of show in every <laughs> I, I found it I found it freeing personally because I think um sometimes um actors and filmmakers in my experience you can feel a bit like um you can feel a bit tied down to the words on the page. Mm. Like, um, like that's all there is to the scene. And one of my best friends, um, who's the most beautiful actor, um, an, an actor called Adam Godley, mm -hmm. beautiful actor. He, I, I remember him always saying to me, um, he, 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 he always said to me, oh, the words, the words just float on top. And I, I think what he meant by that is that there's always, the words are not like, the words are just kind of the end of right. the scene, you know. It, um, it's all about what- They're not really the most important thing. <laughs> what, <laughs> like what, the, it's what leads up to the words. It's what leads up to the words, yeah. yeah. So, um, so it was nice to just be able to focus on like the big stuff that's underneath um, the words. The kind of primal, like you've just described, <laughs> the primal feelings, without having to. It meant that it was not not a very analytical process. It was quite in instinctive, well, uh, which I loved. It's such it's really beautiful work. I went into the movie not knowing much about it at all, and like I said, I was watching it. I was like, oh my god, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. But then, you know, it what's what's beautiful also about it is there are moments i was kind of cheering him on yeah you know you 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 fall for this character and you don't want to see bad things happening even though he's doing really bad things yeah like there was a moment where i was like he just wants some freedom he just he just if 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 every it, like I'm not an actor, so I don't know how to talk the actor talk, but it's like he's you want him to like get all of that out of his system, and then I feel like he's gonna be okay. But obviously, you know, the police are after him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really oh I, I mean I love that you say that. I really I, I mean, yeah, I really lo I love what you just said. I think um I, th I have to say, from my perspective, from being in 
playing the character, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be okay too. I think at the end he's really okay. Actually, he's more than okay. He's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> as he's experiencing himself, he's, right. he's happy. He's kind of at peace. Right. Um, and we might not feel like that as a viewer, watching him and concerned for him maybe, or just by that point, maybe completely frustrated by him. I mean, I think it's a film that it's, I feel very fine that this film will be divisive and will be, um, I think that's essential. You know, it's gonna, it's not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. (laughs) Some people won't be able, don't wanna be in that company, don't wanna be in that kind of energy. And I understand that, but some people, it will it will tap into maybe something that they feel and I, 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 anyway, it's important that you think that we have films that do that. Right now, we're going to take a short break, but when we return, Wishaw talks the new James Bond film No Time to Die. Plus, he gives us an update on the third Paddington movie. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Just for Variety. In No Time to Die, Ben Wishaw plays Q for the fifth time. Here, the actor weighs in on the future of the James Bond franchise. So now let's talk about another film. A small indie you, you're in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> James Bond, it's finally coming out. How happy are you about that? I'm really happy. Um, I'm really happy that they held their guns and didn't release it on, mm. I don't know, some streaming thing. Why do you say <laughs> that? Well, I just think... I mean, I'm happy for any film that gets a release at the cinema, but I think particularly something like this, it's not meant to be watched at home. Mm. You know, it, I don't know, there's just something about the scale, the majesty the whole experience of it uh it's cinema it's it's cinema it's cinema it's it's um cinematic right um so and i you know i don't want them i i I love going to the cinema i don't want the cinemas to close and uh i don't want people to people keep talking about how everyone's attention span is um fracturing and like you know you people can't watch anything for more than 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> and I think that's really dangerous. And I think there's something about, you know, deciding to see a film and surrendering to watching it for two hours or two and f- two hours, 45 in this case. <laughs> but that's really, um, that, that's really, I don't know, important, but also good, you know, good for people. And to be with other people watching a film. So is this the end of your James Bond career or you don't know? I really don't know. I've I, I, no idea. J- truly no idea. I I know that I was like um, contracted to do three. Right. But um, I don't know who makes the decision. Or <laughs> I, I I really don't know what happens. Don't know. People are way above my pay grade. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that was making the rounds the other day was watching Daniel Craig um, do his final scene as James Bond and it was so emotional um what was it like for you 
you know, your, your last days working with Daniel Craig, knowing that this was, that this was it for him for 007? Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed uh, to admit I was, I was, re- I, I, I got really emotional. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would, um, I totally didn't expect to, but I found it really upsetting. Mm. Also, yeah, didn't realize how attached I had become to the whole thing and um, how important it had been to me to do do those films with, with Daniel. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was quite, it was quite sad. It was really quite sad. But um, I don't know. I hope the film's good and I hope that uh, people like it. Um, and who knows where it will go next and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you said you got emotional and you were a little embarrassed by it, how emotional you are. Why, why be embarrassed? I mean, it's, it's, um, that's a moment. Oh, I don't know. I think I think I didn't expect to. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see it coming. I didn't feel it coming. But then it, I really, um, you know how sometimes that happens. But then I, um, yeah. When you think about the continuation of James Bond, do you see? You know, I know there's a lot of talk. Will there be a female James Bond? Will there be uh, a black James Bond? Will there be a gay James Bond? Do you think? James Bond, the world of James Bond can have those different variations of James Bond, or is it these are just those would have to be different characters? Personally, I think I just feel like there's been 25 films. It's <laughs> not like people are starved of seeing that kind of iteration of the character. And I think if they want to continue with this character in the franchise, I think just, I think you can explode it and do anything personally. Yeah. I don't know what that should be, but, um, but it seems to me like it, it's, um, it, it should be something quite radical something really different. It's got to change. It's got to keep changing. Mm. Um, we're in different times now. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I suppose that there will always be people who wanted to stick to uh, the way it was whenever ago, you know, <laughs> but um, that, yeah. And they're important because they're the, you know, they're the, the they, they love the, these films. But I just think you can sort of, you can do both. You can honor the character and the tradition and you can, and you can push it forward too. And I think you have to, if it's not just going to become a kind of museum piece. Yeah. And then I have to ask you about another iconic character that you play, Paddington. Paddington 3, what is happening? <laughs> I really actually not sure about that either. I think um, they've got a new director because I was. I think that everyone was concerned because Paul King, who who directed the first two, is was such an amazing, amazing director, amazing man. I couldn't at first. I couldn't really imagine doing it with anyone else. 
but um, apparently um, this new um, director Dougal is is uh, is incredible, and actually lots of people keep telling me how marvelous he is. I haven't met him yet, and I don't think there's a script yet. Um, but it is due to happen next year at some point. So yeah. Well, man, this is wonderful. I'm glad we got to catch up, even if it's, you know, on my little laptop and you're in a bed. Oh, it's really nice to see you. Yeah. <laughs> and congratulations on, you know, obviously there's James Bond, but, you know, Joseph is such an in intense character. Thank and you. Thank you for taking the time, Mark, and getting up early. Ben, thank yeah. you again. Thank you, Mark. And have a great time at the premiere next week. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll see you soon. That was Ben Wisher. Surges in theaters and available on demand now. No Time to Die will be in theaters on October 8th. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Coming up next time, Numi Rapace talking about her new horror film, Lamb. Until then, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mark Malkin. For all your up-to-the-minute Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you next time. Mm -hmm.